0: Elaine Sexton is a poet, critic, artist, teacher, and bookmaker. Her fourth collection of poetry, Drive, was recently published by Grid Books. Her poems, reviews, and essays have been published widely in journals including American Poetry Review, Poetry O, The Oprah Magazine, Art News, and Art in America, and online, in plume, on the seawall, in night heron barks. This spring, her poems appeared in three new anthologies of poetry: Tree Lines, 21st Century American Poems, with Grayson Books; Stronger Than Fear, Poems of Empowerment, Compassion, and Social Justice, with Cave Bloom Press; and I Want to Be Loved by You, with Kate, Milk and Cake Press. A longtime member of the faculty at the Sarah Lawrence College Writing Institute, she also teaches poetry and text and image at numerous art and writing centers in the U.S. and abroad. About the press, Grid Books is a publisher of poetry, fiction, and fine art editions. Foregrounding creative work that springs from the margins. Founded in 2003 as a forum for older poets, whose work is often sidelined by mainstream publishing, Grid Books continues in its mission to publish work that reflects a diversity of voices, values, and lived experience. They can be reached at grid-books.org. Today, we'll be meeting with Elaine, to talk about her new book, Drive. A quote on the book, silently pulling for itself, the will wants the body to give it what it wants. Sexton writes in Between the Car and the Sea, at once a description of a car's body propelling her onward, and of the poet herself, the one behind the wheel of this masterful fourth collection of poems. In an extraordinary act of volition, the author does not stomp at the trope of ambition, but powers instead toward the urgent concerns of the will and intention. In Drive, Sexton explores our most fragile points of connection to lovers and family, to the living and the dead, and to oneself, one's own life's work, with the care and wisdom of one who knows these roads. In her hands, these delicate boundaries become navigable. They are both her route and her destination. So, Elaine, it's so wonderful to have you here today, and it's exciting to to meet such a prolific poet. I mean, you are on your fourth book, so I'm super impressed. I feel like I need to, like, you know, issue a crown or something because I'm so enthralled with having someone that's been so experienced in this field. But pardon the gushing, but, you know,
1: I am in awe of it. So, anyway
0: welcome to our show.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Lisa, and it's nice to meet you too. It's great to have you on
0: here. So I did um, do your intro, and I just wanted to um, ask you to tell us about this book,
1: Drive, and what it's about. (laughs) Well,
0: that's a question.
1: question, Right. Um, the, The book is about, well, it Stemming from the title, Drive, it is about a kind of passion, a kind of ambition and volition, what it is to be, um, not young, but, um, and the kinds of issues and things that come up when you are um, writing and living and dreaming in this time in our lives. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, I can certainly relate to that at at my age. I'm 68 years old, almost. And, um, you know, as as we talk about our lives, you're pretty sure you're younger than me. Um, So, (laughs) yes, I can relate to to how things uh, change in lives and um, our ambitions and such. do you find that, you know, as, as the years go on and, and we get more toward the golden, toward the golden years, that um, your poetry style, your poetry focus has changed any?
1: Uh, yes, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm always learning. It's just deepened and my influences have been broader. Um, I've always been influenced by art, visual art, and so that continues to be the case. Um, but, yeah, I, I hope it's getting better, I <laughs> hope my poems are getting better, um, more precision, more compression, maybe. Um, there's one poem in this, as I say that, the opposite is also true, uh, one of the longest poems I've ever written is in this book called um, Transport, about a long drive and um, the process of thinking about life and time and um, movement. And that's about five pages long, but um, for the most part, my poems are, are short.
0: It's life is such a drive. It's such an adventure to just, you know, move from one point to the other. And I don't know, I, I've always felt like when um, I've driven somewhere or gone on a trip, some of the best thoughts come to mind. Um, some of the best ideas for poetry comes to mind. It's like that four o'clock in the morning music wakes me up. Um, do you find that to be true as, as you literally drive through life?
1: Definitely, definitely. I mean, another you know theme throughout the book is transportation, public mm-hmm. and private transportation. And I feel like when you're in motion and in a train or a plane or a bus or a car, uh, you're in that kind of suspended place. And um, yes, that allows for free associations. Uh, the problem is, though, you can't stop and, well, when you're <laughs> driving a car, you can't stop and write, it, write what you're thinking down. But that's why I think a train is a, the, the most, the best place to be thinking and dreaming and writing. I, I've written some of my best poems in a, in a train. <laughs> so... Um, Right, is
0: one of my favorite forms of transportation. I have this dream in my retirement years to, to take a train, you know, all over, all over the place, you know, to take trains and do that. I always loved them so much. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Perfect vehicle for inspiration and writing, indeed. Well, I would love to hear uh, one of your poems. Uh,
1: would you like to pick one out for, to share? Sure, sure. Um, I'm going to read one. I'll just I'll read the title of poem for the book um, called It's called Drive. Okay. And um, I live in New York City, and um, I grew up on the coast of New Hampshire, a little a small town on the coast of New Hampshire. And this poem um, t- came about when I was driving back and forth to New- my brother was very sick, and I was driving back and forth to New Hampshire. It's a five hour drive. Um, And I was driving home to New Hampshire and then driving home to New York and kind of contemplating what that, what that is. And I was living in that independent space. So um, that's just the setup for the poem. Um, And when I refer to this and here, it refers to that space that we've just been talking about, which is that floating space. And and while I say that, (laughs) this is the cover of my book. Um, And I think the art reflects that kind of Suspended Place. This is a painting by the artist Catherine Bradford. And um, so, here we go, (laughs) Drive. My tiny car's tiny engine groans and hums the way my mother hummed a little ditty when nervous, the way I do, mulling over something hard, letting my chest send a message to my mouth, my mouth forming a kind of growl while all along staying shut. I enter the on-ramp to the freeway heading home from a family visit, the pedal to the floor. I pump my chin toward the dashboard thinking I'm helping. I hear my brothers taunt, what is it with women in cars? We are old, old enough to equate mobility with independence, real wheels take me out of state escaping the trap I thought was the small town. For this, I left the ocean I left the trees, I left eel pond with seabirds standing on spring ice, summer surfboards lined up on the berm between the seagrass and the sea. I left my family of origin, my lucky buried in the backyard, dog heaven, now home to a chalet built by strangers, the chicken coop, the barn gone. When driving, I think of love as a road trip, the soaring, the breakdown, jump starts, the brand new and old reliable. I'm no mechanic, though I once knew how to change a fan belt sheared to a thread. Here, the air is fresh. The new mutt who travels with me leaves her nose prints on the passenger windows the way my old dog did, leaving a spot just clear enough to drive through.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So I could I could feel that trip. I could feel <laughs> that drive. And as one who's traveled with many a mutt, <laughs> <I> also <laughs> picture that as well. Thank you. In fact, we used to always take our dog with us whenever we went anywhere and yeah, brings back some memories. Your you poem really touches on a lot of emotions. It really mm. does. So is the, the writing process that you have for creating your poetry? What type of process do you go through from Oops. first thought or inspiration? A bit. To
1: poem? Uh, hmm, that's a big question. Um, I you know, I I I always start with usually I start with like a word and um and a word like drive and what it means. Um and in this case, this particular poem. Um, actually, I, I, I have also have a small house on the east end of Long Island near New York. Um, a local, a mechanic who fixes my car, but is also a poet. Um, uh, I would stop, that would be the last stop before I headed north to New Hampshire. Um, he's a poet and I he challenged me or I challenged him to write, let's write a poem about driving, you know, um, which he has done <laughs> and I did. And basically, I just was very consciously thinking about what it, what it is to be driving. um, And I'm just going far afield here. um, Driving home and why I call that home when I'm there. And when I'm there, why I call New York home which is really where I live most of my adult life um so anyway the poem was just kind of puzzling out sorting through that and as you said there's a lot of emotions in the poem so you know for many years when I go home to New Hampshire it's so beautiful there I, I think why don't why don't I live here it's so much easier it's such an easier life and then I come back to New York. And I think, oh I could never live in that in a small town again so I think the, that poem was kind of puzzling out those f- feelings and sensations that um Having a, 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 a home as a place of origins, it
0: sorts out some things, you know. As, you, as you're writing the poem, it kind of sorts out some of the things as far as making life decisions, you know, major decisions and even small ones about where you want to live and you know, you know, what your eventual destination. And that can change. That can change as each each month goes by. You might have a different idea about what the destination might be. So, um, yeah, you in this poem that served, in the poem that serves as an epigraph to your book Drive that you just read, you write the most beautiful thing about the word is pigment. What role does visual art play in your poetry?
1: Um, It's deeply involved in my poetry, I, um, I, I feel like my poems are full of things objects and and I usually choose objects that have more meaning um, than just what they are on the surface so a car really isn't just a car it's a vehicle it's it's independent it's volition Um, and um, so. uh, I think I lost track of what the question
0: was. (laughs) I was talking about the role that visual art plays. Visual (laughs) art. (laughs) art. Um,
1: uh, And my, you know, growing up, my, my older sister, who's uh, nine years older than I am, is a, an artist and lived in Greenwich Village. And that's even gave me the idea of what it was to be um, an artist or a maker. And so um, I used to come down and, you know, look at art with her and she ended up moving back to New Hampshire with her family but I stayed in New York and um I just feel like you know in another life I would have been a visual artist and I do make things but I'm primarily a writer and a critic and I write about art and I try to make things (laughs) but um but I feel like the making part is very uh in sync Mm -hmm. painting music um literary arts are all kind of connected in that way, in the process of making things.
0: One of the things that I find, because I'm an artist too, and, and sounds like yeah, I'm a poet first and artist second. And um, when I'm working with my art, I start thinking about poetry. And when I'm working with my poetry, I start thinking about art, um, you know, so that the two of them kind of bounce back and forth. Do you find that is true with your own experience?
1: Yeah, yes. Well, you know, sometimes I, I really wish I had had better, greater skills with painting because I think sometimes I'll be working, writing on a poem that I think might be better <laughs> as a painting. Um, and I, too, love watercolor. We have that in common. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I, I feel like there's a pressure to kind of illustrate wh- whatever sensation I have um, in terms of color and s- scale and um, experience. Um but as with driving, though, I visual art, going to look at art exhibits and just looking at paintings and looking at books of art um, inspires me. I find similar. It's similar to a kind of transportation. <laughs> Painting transports us, right? Um, exactly. So it's it has been inspiration.
0: It's like with Julia Cameron, uh, and you know her book. Um, if she encouraged art, you know trips, art, uh, you know, little art days or whatever, and mm-hmm. I find that when I go, like, I don't live too far from the NCMA, that, um, you know, if I go down there and look at different artwork, it does inspire me to to want to write or to create something,
1: mm-hmm. you know, it's,
0: in, it's encouraging um, to be able to do that, so that could connect with what you were talking about, with going to the galleries. I agree. I did my practicum in in New York, uh, in Little Neck. And um, I used to go to the the art museum quite frequently. Um, And it's like it it spoke to my soul when I was there. And so it really, you you can go days and days and days there and not see everything. Um, (laughs) So I was really really touched going there. And uh, the first time that I was there, I was so taken by the Monet to know I've seen something that was for real, Mm. uh, that that particular artist had actually touched, that it brought tears to my eyes. And, you know, it, art does speak to our hearts and and brings out that creative in us. And, you know, there really is a connection between
1: the two. But this is about you. I just was connecting that. (laughs) Well, no, we have this in common, which is, I'm glad this is a conversation. Um, I do have one poem I could read that speaks to this subject. Absolutely. uh, Please do. Uh, One of my, a dear friend of mine, uh, Heather Sellers, a poet who it lives in Florida, but she spends some of her time in New York. One of our favorite things to do is to go to exhibits together and we went to see this uh, Edvard Munch show. And the title of the exhibit was and, and the painting that the title of the exhibit came from was um, self portrait between the clock and the bed. And it's a portrait of self portrait of the artist standing in front of a bed and a a clock obviously but anyway we each of us she has a new book out too and we each of us came away with a poem poems based on that title but also that time between the clock and the bed refers to time of course right um let me quickly find that so mine is called self-portrait between the the car and the sea I think I'll stay blonde a while longer. Downshifting for the view today, the engine strains in first gear, the way on foot my body climbing the last few steps does. You'd hear it too if the heart had a literal voice, silently pulling for itself. The will wants the body to give it what it wants. How long will these parts last? I put off minding the flags, lifting their faces. I watch sea lice flit from shell to sand to beach, eased by transition lenses. Thank you. So, a little plastic poetry
0: there. Wonderful. I'm a big fan of that type of a poetry that is inspired by art. It's mm. Really is inspiration, so it's wonderful. Do you have another book in you? Do you have an idea of something else you're working on? I
1: do. I'm well, I'm well into some ideas for another book. I've been um playing around with the uh title of a collection called Ink Head. And this took place another, this is related to the train. I was on a train. And I noticed in the glass of the window, um, someone had carved with a pen knife or something, the word ink head. And I was just looking at thinking like, well, that didn't take a minute to do. It's not like graffiti where you, with a, you know, mm-hmm. marker, someone had the time to do that. And all I could think of was like, how did that even happen? And then while that was happening, these, the landscape was flashing by, flashing by, you know, Trees and power lines and farms and vineyards and um, I started taking these pictures. Anyway, I was thinking about the word "ink head" as being the um, the mind of the of a writer. The word "ink" and "head." And anyway, so, so I've written quite a few poems, kind of spinning around that idea. So that's um, what I've been working on lately.
0: That's interesting. Okay, and thank
1: you for asking. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah. Actually, when you said inkhead, I was thinking about, you know, that This sounds like the mind of a writer. Really. <laughs> exactly. Kind of, you know, bleed through our ink. So, basically.
1: And I, I, can... and I, also, and I also had, I also had the, the great Polish poet, uh, Zygmunt Herbert, um, Mr. Kogito. The title of that book is Mr. Kogito, And it was a character. And so some of my poems are a character, not me, but a character called Inkhead, who is the person embodying um, these ideas for poems. So That
0: sounds like it, it's a book that could be illustrated with this character.
1: <laughs> well maybe the, maybe the image of one of the landscapes flashing behind the word, possibly, but
0: absolutely. Now, you did mention the artist of the cover of your book, and I wanted to to ask you about that. Um, Being an artist yourself, have you ever designed any of your own covers?
1: Uh, No. (laughs) And actually, I'll give a little plug for, I don't know if you know, Trish Hopkins um, has a blog post, The Selfish Poet. And just yesterday, she asked me to do a guest blog on her I guess post on her blog and um, I posted a a feature on book covers and Mm -hmm. the whole idea, you know, making a book, you know, what works, judging a book by its cover is the title. So I've answered that question, but I, I, but I did. and, And in that, I do say that this, this is the first book cover that I felt really, expression, it becomes a poem in a, in and of itself, because the title drive doesn't really connect directly with this character, this person's not in a car, but something happens between the two, and I feel like makes a poem of the cover of the book, and mm-hmm. so my argument <laughs> is, you know, put some, put people should put more thought into their covers, because sometimes you see covers and you think, you know, they're, they're not doing much work, right, they're just, right. Um, so anyway, Uh, And I gave several examples of covers that I thought worked really well. So, um, but I've never designed my own. I mean, I've contributed ideas and I found this painting for this that I thought was right. And I was very fortunate that my editor and the designer immediately thought, got what I was trying to do and agreed to the painting but I've heard lots of different stories of people sometimes you can <laughs> something you know an image on a cover looks beautiful to the writer means something to the writer but doesn't translate to you know right um, to selling books so let's remember we want to sell books <laughs> so, so anyway to that end no I have not designed my own but um, um I'm I've been lucky with this particular book
0: and I actually have, um, someone who I call upon to do my covers and because I can say just two or three ideas of what I want and she gets it and right. can always come up with really great covers for me. Right. And
1: I've designed other people's covers, but I've, I've never done one for myself. <laughs> um, so. Well, you know, it's like never having yourself as a client, you know, if you're a lawyer so. <laughs> exactly uh, yeah no we have to trust the professionals mm-hmm. i think exactly. <clears throat> I do. yeah and you know it's it's good
0: to give other people the opportunity to to use their creativity and um, mm-hmm. their passion probably is going to be even greater than we can imagine what we could do for ourselves because we're going to be self-critical i think mm-hmm. so they're just going to be open to the passion of what makes them do this work right Right. Um,
1: Now you are a a teacher, is that correct, a professor? Right, I teach poetry at the Sarah Lawrence College Writing Institute. And I've done that for almost 20 years. 20 years, I I love teaching. Wonderful.
0: And um, as a (laughs) professor, do you
1: find that your students inspire you in your writing? Absolutely. Absolutely, and you know one of the main things. So you know, I I kind of curate my workshops, and I'm lucky enough to be trusted to do that. So I can do almost anything I want. But basically, I'm very interested in process, which I I know you are too. And um, so it's it's a conversation. A lot of it is a conversation, and teaching keeps me um, very focused on what's going on. You know, if I were not teaching, I would probably just sink into the kind of poems or artwork that I love, but not think about absolutely being absolutely contemporary, right? So being a teacher, I really read deeply and more broadly than I might otherwise, Um, and just needing to and wanting to know what's going on in the poetry world at this red hot minute, right? So, uh, uh, so, I thank my students always for doing, for making this, demanding this or, uh, and, and for trusting me with their work, you know, um, it's a very, um, intimate thing to be sharing and bringing yes. your draft of poems, you know, and I, I often say to my students, I don't know if I would bring in a draft of a poem just for a critique after, you know, one or two drafts, you know, so, you know, it's, 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 um, a big responsibility. And I take it very seriously. So
0: I'm sure your students really appreciate that. I hope they do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think showing your, your work to someone, I I would be scared in some ways to show mine to a professor. <laughs> you know, but it's a part of growing. It's a part of developing your, your, your skills, you know, so it's important. Absolutely. Well, Elaine, it's been such a pleasure talking with you today. I would like to know, would you like to take us out with a poem?
1: (laughs) Well, this is a very contemporary thing. I didn't hear a word you said, but it sounded like it was going to be nice. (laughs) Oh, I said, uh,
0: what I was wondering is if you'd like to take
1: us out with a poem. Uh, Sure. Thank you for the opportunity to do that. Um, I'm so good. going to I'm going to read the poem. So you earlier, so drive is really the title poem of the book, and a, a separate poem, which is the epigraph, is a short prose poem that you quoted a line from, and I'll I'll send I'll um, share this with you. So um, I have a couple of poems that I thought were going to be a whole collection that center around the words. The most beautiful thing, the most beautiful thing of about one thing is another thing, and usually that other thing is unexpected, um, and so uh, three of those poems appear in the book, so they, they got whittled down to three poems. I, I have, like, <laughs> 20 or more of them, so, and one of them is, is, is the epigraph to the book, um, so, so thank you, um, thank you for all the work you're doing, uh, to promote poetry, and, um, I'll say that before I sign off with this poem. Okay, so it's untitled, and it starts with this, the most beautiful thing about my car is the beach, And the most beautiful thing about the beach is watercolor. And the most beautiful thing about water is the Word, and the most beautiful thing about the Word is pigment. And the most beautiful thing about pigment is the soil and the most beautiful thing about soil is the Earth. And the most beautiful thing about the Earth is the sea. And the most beautiful thing about the sea is the drive. Thank you, thank
0: you. I did have the
1: opportunity to read that poem
0: in your book, and I did find it to be very, very interesting and very, I say, uh, touched on my feelings. Um, definitely could get a lot from that. Thank you so much. And thank you, Elaine, so much for coming on here today. Um, it's a well warm welcome to the prolific Poles family. And you have a wonderful rest of your day. Great. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Lisa.